0: Hello and welcome to, I think this is episode number 10 of the Throwing Strikes Podcast. Just kidding, it's RizzoCast now. I changed the name of it because I wanted to kind of go beyond baseball. But now I'm finding myself coming back to baseball as today's guest. uh, We are joined today by Bridget Mulcahy, who's the founder at Cheap Little Swing, uh, her blog where she writes about baseball, food, style, and travel. She also covers the Sacramento Rivercats uh, for a number of publications, including her blog. Uh, so Bridget, how are you?
1: Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here and talk about, as you mentioned, like a little bit of everything and baseball and what's going on right now. So yeah, thank you.
0: So first and foremost, you tweeted yesterday that you miss Bay Area traffic. First and foremost, what were you <laughs> thinking when you said that statement?
1: Well, I've been in Arizona actually. So, funny thing is that I was um, working and covering spring training this year. um, And then everything kind of went down very suddenly. And I was in the midst of that while that was happening. Um, And so I ended up staying in Arizona and kind of going back and forth between home here um, in Northern California for me and Arizona. But the traffic just is not the same like there, even on like busy days and on their like freeways. And so um, it kind of just made me a little homesick and so when i came back home here just this past week um, i was driving in the bay area and i was like wow i like kind of miss this like on game <laughs> days and stuff but i'm sure in like a week that will change and i'll be upset again over the traffic
0: <laughs> so in all seriousness uh how has your quarantine period been uh have you found yourself being productive picking up on anything new so what's it been like for you
1: Yeah, you know, it's been a really like strange time um, for all of us who are covering, you know, sports and in baseball media. Um, But yeah, I've definitely found um, different projects to keep myself busy with. And um, as you mentioned um, before, I do a little bit of like food and cooking and baking on my blog as well. And so um, if anyone who's been following my Twitter or my blog I've been posting a lot more recipes and I've been getting into ice cream making this summer, which has been a fun hobby for me since it's been, you know, so hot um, in Arizona and California too. So,
0: so I've noticed that there's so many people uh, that have such a tough time with cooperating without sports and I'm like that from a baseball aspect. How have you dealt yeah. with it? Um, especially cause I'm sure there's a big void in your schedule too.
1: Yeah. Just because, you know, the river cats aren't playing and it doesn't look like they're going to. And so, um, that was a huge part of my summer last year and is in 2018 as well. So I've been watching a lot of the old, you know, baseball games. They kind of that those are kind of like faded out I feel like at first everyone was excited to watch those but now it's kind of like people just want live sports again you know so mm-hmm. um I definitely like the old stuff I've always been really interested in my local teams like the Kings um and the, you know the Niners and stuff so um I have a lot of old you know VHS tapes a lot of old like baseball DVDs and movies so um it's been cool to kind of um dive into those um for a bit but I'm looking forward to some live sports action for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 60 hours of Derek Jeter is kind of too much. Uh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the void, Major League Baseball and the Players Association have been in constant negotiations, uh, and the whole thing's been a mess. I mean, that's the bottom line. Right when there seems to be a compromise, um, the entire situation crashes back down. Uh, So what do you think about all of it, where they are at the current state?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's been a mess, really. And I think there's a lot of other hurdles to um, get over, not even related to what they've been talking about in negotiations. Um, I think COVID in general and the second wave that we're seeing a little bit of now and the spikes in different states, um, I think will be a problem, especially because the MLB is not doing the NBA bubble, you know, kind of scenario. And so even looking to travel between cities and, you know, regionally even and things like that and dealing with like, being in different places and stuff I think there's just so many health protocols that they have like yet to even discuss so that's going to be interesting
0: <laughs> absolutely so usually during baseball season you're down in Sacramento covering yes the Rivercats which is the AAA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants down there in the Pacific Coast League um, yes so explain your duties when it comes down to that gig that you have there
1: yeah, so I really um, loved doing that. I grew up a Rivercats fan. Of course, they were affiliated with the A's then, and then they switched over in 2015 to the AAA of the Giants. Um, but yeah, I really loved it on game days. What I'll usually do um, is, um, depending on who they're playing that day, I'll go up to the press box and get all my notes together and figure out what I'm going to say for a little pregame show that I do. So I would either put that on my Twitter, um, on the Dugout Tales um, Twitter, Um, or my own blog and so I would put that up and film a little something Uh, so um, like I said my notes together for the night I would come to the media well and um, get set up there and I would take pictures with my DSLR camera phone and video so I could provide live in-game coverage um, which i did for china basin chatter as well i wrote uh, quite a few articles for them so you know i was covering all the many many prospects and the many signings that (laughs) um, were happening last year um, with all the different people that um, were coming through sacramento so it was really fun because it seemed like every night there was someone different in the dugout um, for the river cats so that was cool to cover
0: yeah. Just remembering now, I did, I think I did some stuff for face and Shattered feels like so yeah. long ago. Uh, <laughs> so you've been around a good number of the guys down there in Sacramento, um, yes. past and present. So out of all the players you've covered, uh, which ones stood out as maybe a favorite, maybe quirkiest best player. So kind of go over your Mount Rushmore of players you've covered.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, there's been so many great ones. Um, Mac Williamson has always been really great, um, with the fans. Um, Trevor Brown as well, who was a catcher there. People remember him for a long time with the giants too, of course. Um, Aramis Garcia is, has been great. Um, and I hope, you know, he's doing well in his rehab since he had, um, surgery, um, this past spring. Um, who else? I'm trying to think of some other great ones. Um, some other people who just come across and, um, help out the team like Will Clark was in the dugout a few times last season Ooh, and he's always a thrill. riot. He just has everyone like <laughs> cracking up. Like I couldn't even like focus because he was just always like, you know, saying or doing something funny. Um, but you know, Hunter Pence has rehabbed him a lot there and he always spends time with the fans. Um, so there's quite a few um, like memorable um, Rivercats for sure. Um, who have come through.
0: It must've been a thrill to be around Will Clark that was a bad pun (laughs) but uh so yeah minor league baseball is extremely complicated right now and there there's kind of a struggle with it right now as as far as the talks about taking away some of the lower levels uh, and they're being threatened to be removed so what does the minor league baseball experience mean to you personally
1: yeah it really means a lot to me and because I've been able to cover and get to know a lot of these guys um I see the personal impact um you know it has on them and um just the minor league community in general um Sacramento and other places I know that Vermont Lake Monsters which are an affiliate of short season affiliate of the A's um are a threat to be cut and my brother-in-law is actually from Vermont and I've gone to a lot of those games and they're a very you know they play on like the UVM college campus area they're a very small stadium small community but um that support is just so important means so much to the businesses of the area um and come my dad was is a small business owner and i have my own side business myself so seeing that aspect of it and just that it will take away you know a lot of um income and a lot of you know excitement and enthusiasm for the area really sucks and then of course um the players you know being able to support their families and um, get a chance to make it to the show and to live their dream. Um, it's, you know, it's sad to think about there won't be as many to be able Absolutely. to do that.
0: Absolutely. So Cheap Little Swing, let's talk about your blog for a second. Uh, sure. First of all, uh, the name is so interesting. How did you come up with the name?
1: <laughs> I actually heard Dwayne Kuyper um, <laughs> uh, on, the, on the TV um, uh, one day when I, this is like years ago. Um, he mentioned it. And, uh, yeah, I just like stuck. I was like, that's really catchy. And, um, I really like it. It's really cute and kicky and, um, you know, kind of like the, the meaning behind it obviously is, you know, you can still, you know, get a hit and you can still get something done even with a cheap little swing. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, that's kind of like the, the meaning behind my name.
0: I love that. So I know you recently wrote a big article on the late great baseball manager, Billy Martin, uh, I think he turned 92. It would have been yes, his 92nd his birthday, birthday last month. Yeah. Uh, so there's such a big shift in the way the managerial position, uh, is filled now. I think a lot of people, um, think of them as now messengers from the front office. So what are some of the things that, uh, you take away or maybe learned from writing the article, maybe even a favorite Billy story?
1: Yeah, there's so many, there's so many great books I read. Um, Billy Ball is one, an autobiography by him and Phil Pepe, Um, also number one, another autobiography, Um, and then Bill Pennington's book as well. um, The Flawed Genius um, is another one I love. There's so many colorful stories in there, and I'm sure there's so many that have yet to be told or maybe can't be told. I don't know. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, he was just really an innovator and he was really like the first of his kind. He set out to be and I don't ever think there'll be another manager like him ever again. Um, I just don't think that kind of manager and you know who he was would do well in today's um, baseball game. But um, yeah, I mean, he was so fiery and he really was able to rally the troops and create like a win at all cost mentality for his teams. Um, And they really respected that about him, um, whether that would be, you know, arguing with the umpire, you know, um, instigating like on-field brawls or even fighting with his own players. Um, Fighting with Reggie Jackson. Today (laughs) is actually the anniversary of that infamous fight. So, um, yeah, just things like that. I mean, you don't see that anymore. And you mentioned like messengers, or I like to call them puppet managers. (laughs) um nowadays that we have but um yeah he was a great one and so I just wanted to honor his life and career and I really do think you know stacking up against his um you know peers and others who are in the hall of fame from that era I do believe that he deserves to be in um but there are so many intricacies now in the way that the hall of fame is set up and the voting um with the committees and they're always changing it it seems it's very confusing mm-hmm. but <laughs> um I hope he does make it there someday
0: I do too. Absolutely. I think he deserves to be in and the veterans committee, whoever, like you said, it's a very confusing yeah. process now. So whatever <laughs> has Billy Martin on the ballot, let's get him in. Uh, so speaking of an old school kind of personality <laughs> like him, are you, do you see yourself as more of like a new school baseball mind an old school baseball mind? Do you use some of the new school metrics?
1: I like to see myself as a mix. Um, My grandfather played back in the day, so he taught me a lot about school, you know, style of play um, along with all the old school players and managers that I love um, to this day. But um, I definitely think from just um, working in the game now, um, that's kind of brought the more modern um, concepts and more of like the analytics and all of that um, to the forefront. And so I've learned a lot about that Um, also from scouting. Um, I scouted in the Arizona Fall League in 2018 and I know a lot of scouts and I've shadowed them and learned from them so that's an interesting discussion as well just because they're figuring out how to navigate that cross between old school style of scouting versus the new wave of just you know looking at video and not really going out to the field and looking at those like intangibles as well.
0: Absolutely I think that's great so sports media Uh, it is a male dominated industry and sometimes very misogynistic, um, kind of feel to it. Uh, but I think in terms of baseball, there's been, um, they've been the sport to embrace adaptation in that department. I feel, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've really only had great experiences with all the men I've worked with, um, In baseball, even at the minor league level, um, which can be quite different from you know the majors in terms of how you know those men think and those men, a lot of them have been around the game for so long, you know, so it's hard for some of them to maybe adapt to those new um, concepts and like more women, you know, covering media. But um, whether that's scouts or announcers or anyone working at the fields, they've always really embraced uh, me being there and you know I just love talking you know baseball with them I'll do like baseball trivia you know we'll talk about like some old school like you know stuff from back in the day I try to stump them always and stuff but it's fun you know just to to be around that and kind of to have that mix there of um, the old school um, type baseball person and then someone newer who can bring like a fresh um, perspective to the game as well.
0: So I wonder if they knew that today was the anniversary of the Reggie Jackson, uh, Billy Martin. I
1: know (laughs) if if there was a river cats game, what is today? It's today, uh, Thursday, right? Yeah.
0: Thursday. It would, it
1: would be, it would be thirsty Thursday tonight. And I Uh, would probably bring that up as a trivia question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so there's, you know, say, uh, uh, 12 year old girl that's trying to break through the business. Uh, what would be a piece of advice that you would give?
1: I would just say stick with it, Um, even if you get turned down, um, you know, as they grow older in high school and college with like internship opportunities and such, like taking unpaid internships. I've had to do a lot of that and traveling as well. I've had to make sacrifices going across the country um, to be able to, you know, cover a team or to take like a different or unique opportunity. Um, But it's because I felt it would set me apart. So I think that's also something big is to find like your unique voice in the game And not try to like imitate someone else or be someone else, but um, have your own voice and find your own style, whether that's in writing or if you, you know, want to be a reporter or whatever it is. um, And then just go with that and um, just stay true to who you are.
0: Absolutely. So as a result of your work, um, you mentioned travel. So you were invited to the winter Mm -hmm. meetings a few years back, uh, which I'm over here, not jealous at all. Um but I digress. <laughs> it was so, in Las
1: Vegas, no less.
0: Yeah, in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's an added bonus. So you don't just yes. get the baseball part of it, you get the social life of Las Vegas as well. Uh so why yes. were you there and how how awesome was that?
1: Yeah, so I was actually that was the 2018, the the year that I was in the Arizona Fall League helping to scout and I saw this application online for this inaugural first ever conference that they were going to hold. And it was for women in in non-traditional baseball roles. So scouting, umpiring, coaching, things of that nature um, in front office roles as well. And so I applied for, I didn't really think anything of it. I thought, you know, I had worked for the Giants briefly and I had done some other um, promotional work with like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, but I thought, you know, I, I didn't go to scout school. I've, you know, just been doing this here, but I wrote something, um, for the application and they ended up calling me back and, you know, then telling me basically that I was one of the 60 invited to Las Vegas. So I was so excited over the moon and, um, I went there, it was about a three day networking conference. So every day they had like a full, um, itinerary for us. Um, they had all these different panels set up, um, a lot of great mentors and people in the game, GMs, front office executives, um Billy Owens um from the A's actually mm-hmm. was in my group so he led the scouting and player development group that I was in um, and I also got to meet there um Alyssa Nakin. she was oh. one of the 60 women a lot of people don't know that she was just like me one of the 60 women there um for this program so that was really cool like to get to know her and um, we bonded obviously over from you know like being you know from this area and like San Francisco Giants and everything like that so that was
0: cool So I also want to mention, um, you mentioned this before, but you bake and make ice cream. So I've seen I've seen all the photos and of your creations and absolutely (laughs) to die for and something. Thank you. TLC. um, TLC (laughs) Thank you. So how did you learn to bake? Um, yeah. So how did you learn to bake?
1: Yeah. So my mom and my grandmother, um, I call her my Nona. That's Italian for grandmother. Um, yeah. So, are you Italian? Yep. Yes, you are, Italian. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have no Um it So it's great. on. Is yeah. Is it on your dad's side?
0: Yes. Then? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So my mom's side is all Italian, and then my dad is from Dublin, Ireland, actually. Um, but yeah. So my mom and my grandmother both great cooks and bakers. Um, my mom always made pies growing up, um, cakes for all of our birthdays and things like that. Um, and then my grandmother taught me great, like Italian dessert recipes. There's this great cookie recipe called pasta reali. That's really great. It's made with hazelnuts, um, as long as, you know, ricotta cheesecake. <sighs> um, that's another one of my favorites I've made um, this past spring. So, um, yeah, they both really taught me everything I knew growing up. And then um, as I went into college, I started like, baking for friends, boyfriends, things like that. Um, And then I kind of started doing themed like catering events and themed parties, um, whether that's for the Super Bowl or like I would make, you know, baseball cupcakes for a game or something like that. So um, I started doing that from there. And then people, you know, were saying to me, hey, I would like to buy a dozen from you or (laughs) um, something like that. Or can you help out at my birthday party? And so um, I started selling all of my stuff. So um, I've been in a few coffee shops in the area. I'm hoping to expand more and more, but, but right now, like I said, since it's so hot, I've been um, I have an ice cream maker, so I've been making a lot of like sorbets um, from cherry to strawberry, lime. Um, sometimes even with alcohol in them, <laughs> if you want to switch it up and be fun on the weekends. But um, yeah, there's so many different you know flavors and kinds to to make, so it's fun.
0: A couple more years for the alcohol one, and then I'm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I get. I've been told my entire childhood, manja, manja. So I I know Oh yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what the Italian and always getting
1: like a a second helping. You can't yes. refuse a second helping, right? <laughs> yes.
0: Manja Manja. Uh so what are uh some of I know you kind of briefly mentioned this, but what are some of your favorite recipes mm-hmm. that you like to make?
1: Gosh. Um, I really like some great like Italian ones. I love making lasagna. Mm-hmm. Um uh with great bolognese sauce, Um, yeah, ravioli, like a nice for summer, like a nice uh, angel hair spaghetti pasta with like olive oil and like cherry tomatoes is really nice. Um, I've been growing a little garden as well. So always using like fresh fruits or vegetables is always great too. Um, I've been making a lot of burgers um, lately. So that's been nice. Um, Lemon, lemon chicken is like a goes to roasted chicken. usually some kind of meat in there and pasta
0: <laughs>
1: One <of> the two. <laughs> yeah,
0: pasta all the time pasta in my house uh bridget thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it where can we find you and where can we find your work
1: thank you so much yeah you can find me on my twitter uh, my handle is at bridget m mulcahy just my first and last name and then um, you can also find me at cheaplittleswing.wordpress.com Um, that's where I post all my articles. Um, I have a special designated area just for the food. And then my homepage will be all my um, baseball articles as well. And then I'm at cheap little swing um, on Facebook as well.
0: Bridget Mulcahy, remember the name everybody, because she is going places. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, follow the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Anchor. I'm on a couple more Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys listening and have a great day.